Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert. They're off and running again. So smooth. So sweet. Splendid. Succinct. Just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wonderful, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me for this World Cup preview, the first of four World Cup previews that we'll do. This one will be groups A, B, C, and D. Then we'll do E, F, G, and H in a separate podcast. Look at player futures in our third podcast, and then do a Team USA deep dive in our fourth podcast. Joining me for these are my co-hosts and friends, Anthony DeBundo and BJ Cunningham. But before I bring them in, just a quick reminder Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get 200 free. All right, let's start with Group A. Seems a logical place to start. Four teams here. Netherlands, their odds on, minus 225 to win the group. Ecuador are now the second favorite to win at 4-1. to one. Senegal, 5-1. to one. They drifted a little bit after the Sadio Mane injury news. And Qatar, the hosts, are 16-1. to one. Quick note, we recorded a Group A preview, then Sadio Mane got hurt right after we did that. So we are redoing it now that the, the news is out that Mane will likely miss a lot of the World Cup after getting hurt with Bayern Munich, which changes everything, BJ. It changes everything. You liked Senegal. Now you don't. Yeah. I mean, for those that don't know, I had a Senegal 500 to one ticket that I bet last October that is now dead. That was a fun year, I guess that we got to this point, but yeah, I, I was the way I was going to attack this group is I was going to essentially try and play Senegal after the first match against the Netherlands. Cause they were obviously pretty significant underdogs. We like Netherlands as a team potentially make to the quarterfinal semis. They've been playing much better under Louis van Hall, no longer Frank de Boer in charge, which is a big plus for them. But now I'm going to attack this group a little different way. I think that there's a good hedge opportunity you can do after the first round of matches. So I really, I like Qatar in the first match against Ecuador. And I think it's a horrible spot for Ecuador. Qatar, for those who don't know, all of their players play in the Qatari Stars League, which went on pause on September 14th. But not only that, all of their players have not featured for their club this season. So they've been in three different phases of training gearing up for this world cup on home. So that's a lot of time, a lot of preparation and a lot of rest while Ecuador, all of their players are coming into Qatar from all over the country and they have seven days to prepare for this world cup. So what I like is a Netherlands Qatar dual forecast first second, which is currently sitting at plus six fifty at bet three, six, five Qatar. Listen, they're not going to have the talent that any other team is going to have in this tournament. Like I'd say talent wise, they're, they're probably one of the worst, maybe them or Costa Rica, but they've been playing together for a really long time. They, you know, their starting lineup has over a thousand international caps. Uh, they, like I said, they've been training together forever. They'll be well-drilled. They typically play out of a, a five, three, two. So what Ecuador likes to do is get down the wings with Stupidon and their other fullbacks and, and create a lot of stuff with crosses into the box. 
Qatar will have plenty of defenders for that. They, you know, they obviously played the United States in the gold cup two summers ago, and they played them pretty even in the semifinals. It wasn't for a late U S goal. Now I understand the U S played, you know, essentially a B squad for that lineup, but still it highlights that this Qatari team is, is well-drilled and they, they know the tactics they want to play. They can sit well, sit deep in a low block and they do have a lot of pace going forward on the counterattack and, and can exploit Ecuador for that. So I think there's a good opportunity for Netherlands to finish first, Qatar to finish second. And then after the first round of matches, if everything goes according to plan, Qatar pulls off the upset, Netherlands beats Senegal, you'll have a good hedge opportunity on either Senegal or Ecuador, potentially in that final match because they play against each other. Generally speaking, I like Ecuador. I think that they're an interesting sleeper. Are they going to win the World Cup? No, they're like 200 to one. But I like these conmable teams. Generally, the conmable qualifying process is so much tougher than most of the other ones. You think about the European qualifying, you'll have teams like San Marino or the Faroe Islands in groups. In South America, it's everybody's relatively good and you're going to hostile environments. You're playing really important games with your national team all the time. There's really no soft part in the calendar because they're either playing World Cup qualifying or they're playing Copa America matches and that stuff really, really matters to these teams. I like Ecuador to be able to handle the weird conditions of this Qatar match and yeah, I'll stop myself right now and say, do I trust that this game is going to be played on the up and up? I can't say it with confidence, right? Like this, they moved this match up a day. They moved the entire tournament up a day so Qatar could play in their own kind of prime time spot on opening match. And you think about that. It sounds like a little bit of like a little deal. Oh, they just moved one match up one day for the host. Like think about all the Ecuador fans that then had to change their, their, uh, their travel and all that stuff. So if FIFA's willing to do that, who knows how far they're willing to go. We all know the, the circumstances of this World Cup to begin with. But in a vacuum, I mean, Ecuador still, with all that going on, is the favorite to win that match. With Senegal now looking much weaker without Mane, the path opens up for Ecuador to maybe nip this group. Like if if they can get a three points against Qatar, they're in a really good spot to, to get through. Sure, they might play England in the next round, but I'm not as high on England as, as BJ is. I think that they're maybe a little more vulnerable than the market suggests. And BJ will tell you that he thinks they're invincible. Football's coming home. It is. Uh, but I just, I think that this team can make a run. Do However you want to play that, go right ahead, whether it's them to advance, to, to upset and win the group. Uh, if you want to play them to make the quarterfinals, semifinals, however, I think Ecuador with Moises Quetzedo in the middle, his two Brighton teammates, Sarmiento and Estupinian alongside with him and a team that's played together for a long time, you know, headlined by former Everton legend, Ener Valencia top at the top. They're going to be tough to deal with is all I'm saying. These South American sides always are, they always are cohesive. There's good chemistry, Ecuador, you know, I'm sure everyone knows this, but a lot of these players come through the Independiente system. So like they're all kind of played together as kids and come up through that academy and then they go off to Europe, mostly to Brighton. So I trust them. I'm a little scared of Qatar. I'm a little scared yeah. of FIFA. We all should be scared what, of FIFA. But Yeah. Well, one thing I'll say, Michael, is that only once in World Cup history has a the host country not gotten right. through the group stage. And it was, it was, South, it, was, it, was South it was a Africa. bad team. Yeah, it was the only... It was, it was South about, Africa. So and this is obviously... was bad, but right. look at their I mean, group. The These group are obviously very, very different circumstances, right. right? Because Qatar's never been in the World Cup. It's a very small nation. So, you know, that kind of throw that out the window, but it just right. kind of highlights, you know, obviously the 2002 World Cup, all the stuff they did with South Korea to get them into the semis 
was insane. But yeah, so nefarious stuff seems to happen for the host nation. Right. This type of tournament. Yeah, and not that's saying, the... yeah, not saying you need to completely buy into that, but just know that in the back of your head that, that it can happen. Yes. Yeah, definitely. The host nation thing, I think, gets a little overblown when you think about it because it's mostly been really good football nations that have right, hosted exactly. the World Cup. That's, then the yeah. one that wasn't was South Africa. And then you could say, okay, what about Russia? Russia's group in 2018 was Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Uruguay. So a little bit a soft schedule. I wonder what if the ping, ping pong ball, speaking of FIFA being nefarious, if the ping pong balls were a little frozen there. But yeah, I like Ecuador generally in this group. Anthony, you are going a little more chalky. Yeah, I think the Dutch don't have a ton of problems in this group. I think generally coming into this tournament, we're a little bit low on the Dutch, or at least the, the market is. I think that they're pretty comparable on a talent perspective to some of the top teams in this tournament. And I think a lot of that has to do with the breakout season that Cody Gakpo is having at PSV. He's been incredible. One of the best young players in Europe entering that peak age where you'd expect him to take the leap. And he has Memphis Depay. They've solved their manager problem with Frank DeBoer leaving and now Louis van Hall returning. And he, I don't think he's some elite manager, but he's clearly a good one. They're in great form coming into this tournament. They played really well in the nation's league. They've been dominant in a lot of ways in the nation's league. I think this Dutch team is underrated. They have a lot of really good passers. Virgil van Dijk didn't play the Euros last year. He'll be in this tournament. So there's a lot of reasons to like, you know, this Dutch team. And now that Senegal loses their best attacker, I think Senegal's threat to them is a little bit more muted. That being said, I still think Senegal is the second best team here. Ulai Diaz having a great season at Sauronitana. Been excellent forward for them. And Ishmael Asar, we know how dangerous he can be in transition. We've seen him, uh, you know, in space at Watford and how effective he can be, especially on counterattacking. And they have, I think, the, clearly the, uh, the best midfield here with the two Mandys. And so I think, uh, and, and uh, Ghana Gay. So, like, they have a, a good team, solid in the midfield, solid defensively, Koulibaly. Like, there's not a lot of holes in this team. And, and therefore, I think that they're going to be the second team. But I wouldn't be shocked to see, you know, a really tight battle for second. All right, let's move on to Group B. The three Lions oh are minus 300 favorites to win. Group B, Best which team also, in the world, according to BJ. Which yep. also includes the American. Best team in the world. USA's plus 55. All right, let me, uh, <laughs> I'll read through those again. England, minus 300 to win the group. USA plus 550. Wales, six to one. Iran, 16 to one. These odds, of course, are all from Bet365. Uh, before... We dump, we dive into this one. I want to say so. Last World Cup 2018 in Russia was very chalky in the group stage. 2014, Spain, Italy, England, Portugal, all were knocked out. Germany finished last in their group. England finished last in their group in 2014. Usually, there's a shock, right? Like one team, France was, I think, in 2010 because the team revolted against uh, Deschamps or whoever was managing them at the time. These things happen, Michael. Right. So someone, someone is just going to have a dud, and most of the time, these big favorites, um, England. Argentina, France, Netherlands, whoever, they're going to be priced big to finish at the bottom. It's worth taking a shot on one of them. I don't know if England's the one just because the group doesn't set up. I'll have another one later. But I do think there is a little bit of value on England to miss at 8-1 to one because, look, they they should take care of Iran. Like That's their opening match. Getting them first is a big advantage. USA and Wales and basically an elimination game. Whoever loses that will play first in Group B. But England are just like their style of play with Southgate is so makes them so kind of 
welcoming to an upset. Like they can get, they can lose to Wales. They can lose to the Americans. Can they lose to Iran? Probably not. But like the way they set up just doesn't play into their strengths. They play too conservatively. We hear all about it. There's already all this discourse about Southgate and there's been for, for basically a decade now, it feels like. Um, I just don't think they're that impressive. They're dealing with a bunch of injuries. So BJ, I know, you know, this, like like Anthony said, this England team is basically Brazil 1994 to you. You mm-hmm. think that this is the best yeah. team ever, um, but I just don't see it. I mean, that's fair, but the reality is, is that, you know, if England was fully healthy, obviously if they had Reese James, if they had Kyle Walker, you know, we'd be, and Ben Chilwell, we'd have, you know, be having a different conversation, but, but they don't the have reality it. is, is that this England team has just as much or the most talent of anybody in this tournament. You can make an argument for Brazil. You can make an argument for France, but England is right up there. It, you look through their roster, you could say, all right, maybe they have a little bit of a weakness at the center back pairing. You know, Harry Maguire has been incredibly out of form. You know, John stones has kind of been in and out of injuries, but they have, capable center backs who can pair alongside them who have a ton of experience and you know luke shaw is obviously a capable left back but from that point on from the defense on i don't think you can you can make an argument that england is more stacked than anybody else in this tournament the defensive midfield pairing of declan rice and probably now jude bellingham is unbelievably outstanding and is going to be able to dominate pretty much anybody in this entire tournament, and especially in this group. Then you look forward, Bakayo Sako, Mason Mount, who's been incredible form for Chelsea, whoever they decide they want to play on the left, whether it be Grealish, whether it be Raheem Sterling, and then Harry Kane is obviously one of the best strikers in the world up top. There is so much talent on this squad. And the reality is, Michael, is that, yes, they do play conservative. They play very slow. They play very intricate. They build out from the back. They strangle hold possession. They didn't concede in the Euros until the semis against Denmark. Like this has been the best defensive team in Europe throughout world cup qualifying. They've only allowed five expected goals throughout all of world cup qualifying. I understand they've been in a somewhat of an easy group, but this to me is the best team in Europe. And if Europe is essentially, you know, essentially the most, the second most difficult region, you can make an argument for Brazil. Brazil is obviously the favorite, but I love this England team. There is just way too much talent on this squad. I understand the overhanging, like the media and everything surrounding England is, is a big hoopla and everything, but they should easily get out of this group. And that sets up and they're really in this world cup. You want to be in the bottom half of the bracket. Like you don't want to be in the top. So they're going to set up essentially a second round matchup, but probably against Senegal or Ecuador. And then they're going to have to play France who we'll talk about in a little bit, who I think is very vulnerable as well. And in the bottom half of that bracket of the bottom half, I mean, it's Belgium, Portugal, Uruguay, or Switzerland. Like the path for England here is actually quite good. The only hiccup they have really is against France, who again, I think is very vulnerable. So the path for England here is very, very good. You know, in terms of this group, I'm not laying minus 300 for them to win this group. I'll just bet them individually throughout these matches. Um, but in, this, in terms of this group, Michael, you're not going to like this, but I do like Wales to finish at the bottom. Where, where have we heard that one before? It's a complete and utter luck box. I mean, come like on. Bale box. Oh yeah, my but, God. I mean, he is so a, cooked. Like it is. Uh, I know a lot of people in the city of Philadelphia who do not think Gareth Bale is cooked after what happened on Saturday. It doesn't, it's, this isn't, we're not, we're not forecasting Wales over 38 match season. Like this is a team that that. plays together really well. Like they they just do well in these, it's hard for us. You know, it's hard for a lot of people. You got to remember like handicapping a tournament is very, very different from handicapping, you know, a long season. So, 
there's there's no there's not there's talent. They've been luck boxing their way through the Euros. They've luck boxed their way through World Cup qualifying. I mean, but they got through it all. But they did. But now, a, now we're here, and they're and they're just going to be sitting back in their two low blocks. Their midfield right now is going to be Joe Allen and Aaron Ramsey. Joe Allen hasn't played for Swansea yet this season. Aaron Ramsey's completely cooked. I mean, against until they play for Wales, because that's all they, they care about. It's so it's. You go go back to the Euros, okay? They had one good match against Turkey, who we who obviously was probably the worst team in the entire tournament. Outside of that, they got completely dominated in every single match. They lost the draw against Switzerland, and but they, they got through that's fine. But then, Michael, when we get to this point, and you're playing against, and they got through playing against the, the United States. There's too. no way they're going to get through this group. And I'm, the reason I love them to finish bottom at plus thirty three thirty three is I don't really think there's that much difference between them and Iran, quite honestly, yeah, because Iran is a well-drilled defensive team that's going to sit in a 4-4-2. Obviously, they've had a lot of possession throughout Asian qualifying, but they are very capable. They've been in the last two World Cups. They've been in these type of situations where they have to sit back in a low block. They're very capable of doing so, and they have two really, really good strikers who can punish teams on the counter. So it's really going to come down to the Wales-Iran match, whether Wales is actually going to finish bottom or get third place in this group, because I think United States should be a much more significant favorite against Wales than they currently are. I mean, Wales, I mean, they luck boxed that win against Austria. They luck boxed the win against Ukraine in world cup qualifying. Like they scored early and you, they just you sat can't back. You can call it a luck box. If it it is though. Over like, and over they keep and getting over dominated. And over they allow again. a ton of shots. They could just like, be a good actually, tournament team. That's a thing. Like it's a thing in these international tournaments. Like chemistry matters. Think about these teams, right? They, they play. England looks different every two week, every international break. There's different players being meshed in. You got, you know, this player is in good form. Ivan Tony's out of form. We got to switch these guys out. There's something to be said about teams that have had these, you know, consistent groups. And and this Wales team has basically been together. You can't together. keep getting away with this, Michael. You and can't this is, keep they, getting away. They they, all they need to do Denmark. is get away with it one more time because this is it for them, right? Like, this is play- it. we're not worried about them, you know, 15 matches down the line. We're worried. We're, we're just saying, can they, can they keep doing what they've done for three matches? One of you're which is against Iran. Well, you're playing. What? So, you're so playing the, a dangerous game. I'm not. I'll, I'm, I'll get into the, the best I'll part. Like, I think that I think this is this is more about England missing the group. There's a there's a way for England to miss this group, and I think it's the pressure is going to be immense on England in that England Wales game. They Wales can kind of hang around and and almost play that like here he is our man Diego Simeone style, like just just kind of sit back. Use use Gareth Bale at, at this age, what his best at, which is you know sit back and let him have a counter or you know click on a set piece. That is a viable path to success for this team, like very viable in in, in these kind of tournaments where there's just chaos and and noise and stuff. So rather than investing in in Wales to you know do something crazy like win the group or not, I just think it bleeds into the England and miss. Like I think eight to one is a good enough number to to back it because. The Welsh team has been together forever. We think that the U.S. team has some upside. And you just talked about Iran being a little sneaky. So I don't know. I think you can look at all the numbers and you can say, like, this team is a luck box. But they did it in 2016. They qualified for the World Cup through playoffs. Like, for this World Cup, they got through the group stage in the last year. I was like, they they know how to play together. And they know how to play to their strengths. So I don't think you can just discount them. Against Switzerland, Italy, and Denmark. Wales allowed 7.2 expected goals and created 1.8 in the Euros. That's that bad. Years, that and they lost two ago. of them three matches. It was a yeah. two, of, yeah. two of them badly. And then lost yes. a tied Switzerland. I'm not saying goal. they're a great team. I'm just like, this This is a team that knows how to kind of just punch above their weight in these tournament uh, settings. And 
the entire country is going to be coming over. They're going to be the one team that has like actual support coming over it, by the way. So you guys just had a nice little brouhaha there, but I think the most interesting thing about this group is that nobody can score. Right. right? I mean, what's the biggest, what's the biggest, right. and that help? About, does that help? The underdogs. I agree. Like, so England's biggest thing is that they have the attacking talent, but it doesn't really show necessarily because of, you know, Southgate sets them up to play with the handbrake on. They only play with like two or three attackers on the pitch at all times and that they can be a little bit disjointed. And really that's been the problem for them. You know, I know nation's league is nation's league who cares, but they played a lot of pretty good lineups and they just couldn't generate enough shots and enough goals and expected goals. We're creating chances. That's their biggest problem. The U S men's national team. The biggest question Who's playing striker? Pepe can't get shots in the Bundesliga. Hasn't produced enough in terms of shots. Jordan Pifak went on a hot finishing run in the Bundesliga, but that's not sustainable. Jesus Ferrer is their best striker, but he can't finish. So they have kind of Aronson false nine. Let's do it. If you do, damn. If you Tim Weah, by the way, underrated. But yeah, like they, they kind of don't have a striker situation solved at the moment. That's going to be their biggest question mark at the World Cup. Iran, it's kind of just like you said, sit deep and long, long balls up to Taremi and Ansari Fard and hope they can do some magic with it and hope they win the second ball. And they don't really do that well. Like, they're not a good attacking team whatsoever. They did almost nothing at the World Cup when they were there four years ago. There was an own goal and a penalty. So, yeah, I, I, I there's major question marks about all these attacks. So, like, could one Bale or Ramsey moment win it? It could. And I think that that leads credence to Michael's argument. But they are bad. I mean, they're, they're bad. Like, but, but but even the players who you need to step up here, like like BJ mentioned, like Joe Allen and Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale have not been in form at all. have not been playing but at ne- all. But they weren't before. They never are. Like, they just don't care about their club teams at this well, point. Well, Bale had just had a good season at Spurs before he had the great Euro. So I think it's like a little bit different here because Bale is barely playing. I mean, he couldn't even get on the pitch until they needed him in the last 30 for LAFC. So... I, I think in one way he could be more fresh, but he's not playing full 90s. Can he play three matches in a week and a half? Of course. No way. And who's so going to be in goal that, who's be in for Wales? That's kind of the biggest problem. Wayne that is red hot Danny Ward. Danny Ward, yeah. Danny Ward is I mean, red hot. Wayne Hennessy right hasn't played for Nottingham Forest. He's Danny Ward, obviously, Danny is red Ward hot is red right hot. now. But. He's red hot. And they got Daniel <laughs> yeah, James. So there's, like, there's, there's question marks. I, like the U.S. men's national team with, with Turner, I'd prefer them to have Turner in the goal. Yeah. It, de- it depends on what He's kind of injured right now, though. Right. That's the thing. The, the, yeah. So Bet365 is not offering a lowest scoring group. They are offering a highest scoring group. This would be the group I think will have the fewest goals. I think there's going to be a lot of one zeros, a lot of one ones. Uh, and that leads credence to a wild final day where one weird de fluke or deflection could swing this group. I do not have a wager that I love in this group. So I am not betting anything here necessarily except maybe Iran lowest scoring team at 12 to one. I don't think they're getting out. So it's three matches. They're going to play two very good defenses in uh, the U S and England. So, you know, do they score? I don't know. Iran, Wales also in the middle of the group. So it's not like it's the last match where both teams are just going to kind of have a go for it. There could still be, you know, uh, things on the line, but in terms of positioning, I do think England and U S go through. If you listen to us, we did our first world cup reaction draw. I said, U S was underpriced to advance they're now about properly priced right around even money. So uh, I don't have a bet there. A reminder, we will have a, a deep dive on Team, Team USA and their chances at this World Cup later All on. All the way <laughs> to the round of 16. Group C sets up like this. Argentina, odds on. They're minus 250 to win the group. Poland, plus 450. Same price as Mexico. Basically, they're 5-1. to one. And then Saudi Arabia are 20-1 to one to win. 
This is the, the most blah group of the, the thing is like if you're gonna bet either Mexico or Poland, like just bet the, the that first match they play right. each other, right? So it's tough. Like Mex we know Mexico's reputation is like they just get through the group stage. They never get eliminated in the group stage. They go to the round of 16. But that was, you know, this is pro- I think this is the least this this Mexico roster probably has the least amount of upside of any team I've seen in a long time or in a World Cup. Memo Ochoa is still the the goalkeeper, which is great. He'll put this in a great just, performance again, even though he's yeah. Time. That's just what he, he does. always does. He, yep. That's just what he does. I honestly have nothing here. I'm a little higher on Poland, I think, than Mexico. I agree. That would be my, my pick. Would be Argentina stomps the group, <laughs> and uh, Poland gets finally gets through, and and we get to see Robert Lewandowski play some knockout stage games for the Mexican team. You know, go through the results. Like, where is the impressive result from Mexico that like gets you excited to like bet them in this group? Because if you look through CONCACAF qualifying, like they got beat obviously by Canada in Canada, like the reverse fixture that was in Mexico, it was a draw and Canada completely dominated them on XG. Obviously the United States dominated them, you know, in America. And then when we went to the Estadio Ateca, it was a pretty nothing game, but you, you have to say the United States was the better team there. I mean, even in Estadio Ateca, I mean, Mexico is able to just create 0.4 XG off eight shots against the United States. Like you mentioned it, Michael, like, this Mexican team, they have a lot of guys that we've known for a long time that are just on the wrong side of 30, like Andres Guardado, Hector Moreno, Hector Herrera, Raul Jimenez, if he even plays in this World Cup. Like, they do have some talented attacking players, like Lozano's a fun attacking guy from Napoli. They do have some guys who can cause some trouble, but, like, they're when they have to play against, you know, very possession-based teams and sit back, like, they have just haven't looked good. You know, the United States has been able to dominate possession against them, so... In this type of group, when you're playing against Argentina, who's one of the biggest possession dominant teams in the World Cup, I have a hard time seeing how they're going to get through that match. And like you said, Michael, like just if you're going to bet this, just bet Poland or, or bet Mexico, like Poland, like we always say it's Robert Lewandowski or nothing. Like they do have some guys around him who can help out, but you know, they are, you know, they're a very low block team who just kind of likes to play a lot of long balls up to Lewandowski and get guys moving forward. So I, I have Poland rated a little like slightly better than Mexico, but that's what the odds suggest. If you look at, you know, whether it be dual forecast or the odds to advance, like these teams are pretty much a pick them. So yeah, like you said, just, you can get a better price on the money line between one of these two teams. And as far as Saudi Arabia, I mean, they much like Qatar, like they'll have a, a, a rest benefit. Like they're, they have everybody's playing in the Saudi pro league that went on pause on October 16th. Like they'll be used to the heat in Qatar. So you can, at least make an argument there, but the talent is just not there for this Saudi team. And they really weren't that good at the last world cup either. And even if you look through world cup qualifying, like they were, they were good against bad competition, but then when they had to play Japan and Australia, they really struggled when they weren't able to control possession, had to sit in the low block. So uh, I don't think we'll see much from the Saudis in this, but yeah, so this is the most blah. I don't really have a take on this group at all. Argentina will probably go through, and I honestly wouldn't be shocked if it was Poland or Mexico either. Argentina are the second favorites to win. They're plus 550, oh. <laughs> only behind Brazil. Anthony, anything for you here? Poland, Mexico, Argentina, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I agree that Argentina should roll here. If I do like a group winner parlay, I don't know what books will allow that, but like Argentina, Brazil feels like a good square yep. group winner parlay because I don't see either of those teams having a ton of problems in their group. I think Mexico is the more likely to challenge Argentina. I think from a matchup point of view, I like uh, Mexico's goalkeeper better. I like their defense. Poland like doesn't really grade out that well either. You know, they were really bad their last two international tournaments. 
it was Lewandowski or bust. And a lot of times that ended up just being bust. Like BJ mentioned, it is a lot of just long balls up to Lewandowski and hoping, and it worked for them in that crazy game against Sweden when Sweden overcommitted, but I don't really see Mexico making that same mistake. I like Mexico's attackers overall better. I am a little bit concerned about Mexico too. Probably would have been a fade team in a lot of different groups for me, both Mexico and Poland. But like, I wish we could switch like Mexico and Senegal, and then I could just bet yeah. Ecuador and Senegal to go through. But Mexico, okay, w- what we know about the US and Canada, when they've left CONCACAF, they have not performed that well, but there's also just less matches to judge teams out of their confederation. So depending on how you feel about the US and Canada, definitely impacts how you feel about Mexico. I think I'm lower on both than you guys are going into this. Therefore, I'm a little bit lower on Mexico. But like I said, Poland was 19th World Cup qualifying in expected goals for, and they were 11th in expected goals against in 50 teams. So that's pretty mediocre. And there's a lot of teams who didn't make the World Cup, like Austria, like Turkey, who had better attacks. And there's teams like Albania, who are better defensively. So like, there's, there's some question marks for sure about how good is this team really? Croatia was better defensively, Switzerland, Denmark, Italy, France, and then, of course, the big boys. So, like, they're not a great defense. Portugal also better defensively. Belgium is worse, which we'll get into. But (laughs) I think I like Mexico to advance here. You can do a dual forecast at Bet365. Argentina and Mexico to advance at plus 130 feels like a good bet to me because you're getting the plus money there. So that's what I'll go with for this group. But, again, I think it really uh, could go either way with Mexico-Poland. I just trust Mexico because of their success in these tournaments more whereas Poland has no history of it and has not done anything to show me that they're any different this time around. All right. Group D is the final group that we will talk about on this podcast. And then of course, a reminder, you can listen to the rest of our group previews on part two of our world cup preview part two of four group D features France odds on to win minus two fifty, Denmark plus two seventy five, Australia's 14 to one Tunisia 16 to one seems pretty straightforward. I think Denmark is going to be a tad overvalued just generally in this tournament. I think people fell in love with the Danes for good reason, and they they paid off with a good run at the Euros. Just I think that's going to be on a more of a game-to-game basis. They're 28-1 to to win the whole thing. I think that's a little short. BJ, you talked about France being a little vulnerable. So I wonder if, if the play here is do you just go with a Denmark to win the group bet or do you or a straight forecast where you can put Denmark first and like an exact box Denmark to finish first, France to finish second, because I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine Australia who will be, you know, well-organized and play hard and all those Australian stereotypes, but it's hard to see Australia or Tunisia giving too much of an issue to these two teams. So another pass for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, France, Denmark and Australia are all too familiar with each other, right? Cause they were in the same group at the 2018 world cup. And France and Denmark have played twice in the Nations League. Again, you know, we, we say, I generally say, ah, whatever to the Nations League. But Denmark did beat France twice. The first match, France played a pretty full-strength squad. So the thing is, I mean, I love the Danes to win this group, you know, at plus 275. The reality is, is that, yes, France has a ton of talent. But the way Deschamps sets up his team, you saw it in the Euros, is they are incredibly passive. They sit back way too much, and they basically just – they send Mbappe and they send Benzema out on the, on the counter once they win the ball. Uh, and that works because they're two of the best attacking players in the world. And, and that's wonderful. But I mean, this Denmark team, I, I mean, Anthony's got me just drinking the Kool-Aid here. Uh, I mean, they are so well drilled at this point. Like they've been playing together 
And this, this is something that we're going to talk about that really matters in this tournament is that they have been playing together. This core has been playing together for so long and they know exactly what they want to do tactically. They're an outstanding pressing team. They led the Euros with 56 high turnovers, like pass per defensive action of 12.9. That was fifth best in the tournament. And obviously, you know, the circumstances that happened with Denmark at the Euros is, you know, we're all too familiar with it. Obviously they were overcome those things, but Christian Eriksen obviously is back and he is very, very key for this team in terms of progressing. And this team is really, really good defensively. Like they throughout world cup qualifying in the euros, they only allowed 0.88 expected goals per 90 minutes. Only England and Spain was better throughout all of that in Europe. They have an experienced goalkeeper in Casper Schmeichel, whoever they decide to go with a center back pairing and Anders Christensen has been a little bit injured or Joachim Anderson or Simone Kier, all really experienced great defenders. They have outstanding fullbacks and melee was playing for Atalanta and Christensen who's having an outstanding season at Leeds, who can get forward and punish teams down the wings. And then, I mean, in the midfield, like in terms of, in terms of teams from that, you know, step below all of the favorites, I don't think you're going to find a better midfield, maybe Croatia, but in this tournament than Denmark with Ericsson, Torberg and Thomas Delaney, who have also been playing together forever and are very well drilled. The only argument you can make against Denmark, I think, is their attack leaves a little bit to be desired, right? I mean, Casper Dolberg has been in great form for Sevilla. Uh, Miss Mikkel Damsgaard has made a move to Brentford, but hasn't really played that much. And, you know, Scott Olsen is playing in the Danish Super League. But, I mean, again, they're very familiar with France. They know how to beat them. You know, you could obviously say, all right, well, you can just take Denmark on the money line at, at plus 320 against, against France. But, you know, at plus 275, you're also leaving in some type of scenarios where France potentially drops points against Australia or Tunisia, who are two well-drilled sides who are going to sit in low blocks. And, you know, France might not be able to break them down. France is obviously dealing with some injuries. You know, Paul Pogba and Nicola Conte are out. But I think that's honestly a benefit for them because I think Kamavinga and Chumeni are just better at this point and they're better for France. Plus, you know, defensively, we'll see who France decides to go with the center back pairing. You know, Verane, I think it, it was out there that he is now healthy enough to play in the World Cup, but they obviously have William Saliba, the best defender in the Premier League, and, you know, Koundé and a bunch of different defenders. So France has all the talent in the world. Like, that's not an argument here, but you've seen their results since that 2018 World Cup. Like, they had some questionable results when they were in the, and obviously they lost to Switzerland in the round of 16 in the Euros. Like, you look through, World Cup qualifying and Euro qualifying, like they had a couple of bad performances against Turkey. Like there's just something about this French team that just leaves a lot to be desired and really doesn't make me excited to bet them as a favorite here. So I really do like Denmark at plus 275. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. This is a team that's been playing together forever. Well-drilled. I love the Danes. EJ forgot to mention the curse. Right. I forgot. Yeah. 2006, Italy won the World Cup. They, they finished last in the group in 2010. 2010, Spain won the World Cup. They finished third in the group in 2014 and failed to qualify. In 2014, Germany won the World Cup. They failed to qualify in 2018. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Teams go in cycles. I think this France team is a little bit less vulnerable to that because those Spain and Germany teams were so much the peak end of a golden generation for those clubs. You know, you think of the the uh, Iniestas, the David Villas, and to a lesser extent, like the Chavis of the world. And then you get into 2014 with Germany, with Schweinsteiger and being at the end of kind of that run with Miroslav Kloza as well. And then they had all the defensive issues that came with that Boateng kind of becoming washed. This is a little bit less of a worry because France just has insane depth. I mean, you're like, okay, 
go back and look at who started in the World Cup for that French team. You're like, oh, shoot, Conte's out, Pogba's out, Matuidi's washed. You're like, oh, that's a Maybe problem. So. And then you look at the defense, Kempembe, Umtiti, you're like, oh, shit, like Francis Cook. But then you're like, you look at their team and you're like, oh, they have Aurelien Chouameni. Oh, okay, they'll be okay. Like, that's the reality of this French team having so much depth. But I agree with BJ. I was selling France at the Euros. I thought they were the favorites and I, I was never really buying that. I just think they were too vulnerable to variance the way they play. And it's similar to England. You know, you're, you're setting your team up with almost no tactics to Who's better out of possession, France or Denmark, Denmark by a hundred miles. They press better. They work that, you know, they, they take away space better. They do more to win the ball back. Now the biggest concern with Denmark to win the group, I'm still taking a shot at plus 275. The scary thing here is that, okay, what if France and Denmark just kind of draw, which is very possible. Who do I trust to win by more against these bad teams? Well, let's look, let's, let's not pretend that I love Jonas wind Scove and, and, uh, Tamsgaard and, and don't forget Martin Braithwaite. That's right. But like Mbappe and Benzema could just like dominate Australia. Who's who looks pretty washed. So that is the concern, but I'm still taking Denmark plus 275. BJ mentioned it. They were actually the first team in Europe to qualify for the world cup. They won their first eight matches. The goal difference in those matches, 27 to zero. Uh, this is an awesome team. They were good with or without Ericsson. You throw him in the mix, makes him a little better on set pieces. Maybe gives him a little more attack. Mela is providing a ton of the crossing width and, and they have some guys who are good in the air, Dolberg, good on set pieces. So they have some pieces. I, I just I just worry that they run out of firepower at a certain point. But again, Hoiberg, Delaney, Erickson, Damsgaard, like they have so many good passers. And there's a lot to like about the Denmark team once again. And you know, there's not there's not a world where like they win this group and then they get a pretty favorable draw against Mexico or Poland in right. the in the next round. They could get through. And I think they're very live if they get second and draw Argentina. Mm. I, the, I think the way I'd, I'd play Denmark is you, you mentioned like group winner parlays. If you're looking for like a price to put in there, like to, to if it's like a group winner round Robin, you want a price in there or two to kind of increase your, your, your payout. Uh, they'd be one of them. And we'll talk about the other ones, of course, in do, part two. Do we of think our there's preview. any chance of either of these other two teams getting through? Well, I was going to say, you know, make sure to tune into our, our live show throughout the World Cup because we'll probably go into more depth with Australia and Tunisia. I think it's just it's going to be better to either fade them or maybe take them on an individual match basis. If I had to bet either of these two teams or anything in this group, I would probably <clears throat> potentially bet Australia to finish last because they are a little bit more favored to finish last than Tunisia. And I really don't think there's much difference between these two teams, but we'll get into that more on our live show. So make sure to tune in every single yeah, Australia's age profile looks uh, concerning. And Tanisha, it does have like good defensive players. Like, you know, Shakiri is like one of the best, like pressing like engine room midfielders in the Bundesliga. Like he could just completely dominate the match against Australia. And then, you know, you're looking at Australia finishing bottom, but I will say that Australia gave France a heck of a run at the last world cup. And if you look at the expected goals, it was actually pretty even, but again, like Anthony said, the age profile for Australia, it, it's just not there. Like they just, just don't have that much talent. Yeah. It's a beautiful bald headed Aaron Moy. Yep. Going to be, going to be dominating, and gonna be dominating the middle of the park. Uh, all right. Uh, that'll do it for part one of our world cup group previews for BJ Cunningham, for Anthony Debunda, Michael Eboff reminding you, that Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. 
Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get 200 free. Remember to check out all our World Cup preview. As BJ said, we'll be doing live shows throughout the entire tournament. Up next will be groups E, F, G, and H. But until then, best of luck with all your bets.